0: Hey everyone, welcome to Experience Ministries Discipleship Podcast. I'm Dave Smeon, your host, and I'm excited to share biblical principles to help us live our faith and glorify the Lord Jesus. This is episode 21, and today we're talking about fear. One of my most fearful moments was the first time I gave my testimony and spoke in front of the church. I stood up to speak and went into full on panic. I could hardly breathe. I was shaking and my speech was mumbled. I ended as fast as I could. Did you know that one of the worst fears in the world is public speaking? Believe it or not, fear is a rather large topic. There's no way to cover everything about fear in one podcast, so today we're going to look at three kinds of fear and how to overcome the bad kinds. Is there a good kind? Oh, you might be surprised. First up is the fear of God, or reverence, or sometimes we call it holy fear, or the fear of the Lord. There are two sides or aspects to the fear of God. One can best be described as awe, wonder, or amazement. The other is the fear of judgment. The majesty, power, holiness, and glory of the living God should put us in a state of awe, wonder, and amazement. As I've studied the attributes and nature of Jehovah, the living God, I have come to a place of utter amazement. There is no one who compares to him. He has no beginning and no end. He is the source of all things, and without him, nothing exists. It's easy to get overwhelmed at all Jehovah has created. We can look at the bugs or the stars, we can consider gravity or the complexity of the human body. However, all these things pale in comparison to the awe that I have for a divine creator who would die on a cross so he could lavish his love and grace and mercy on me. The fear, reverence, or awe of God is a good thing. We should explore and develop the fear of the Lord. Proverbs one seven in the King James says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The second aspect of the fear of the Lord is judgment. He is holy and must judge sin. We understand this at the depth of our being. Sometimes we don't acknowledge it, but we know it's just part of how God has designed us. Consider Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27 in the web version, and it says this, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fierceness, of fire which will devour the adversaries god is so amazing he gives us the opportunity to choose which we want we can walk in relationship with him and be in awe of all his wonders or we can live in disobedience and be in fear of judgment i don't know about you i choose to be in awe at his love and his his majesty, rather than to be in fear of his power and judgment. Grab this. This is really good. 1 John 4.18 in the web version says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has punishment. He who fears is not made perfect in love. The Holy Spirit hit me with this truth a while back, and He keeps bringing it back and reminding me of it. The root and power of fear is the expectation of punishment or torment. Let me give you some examples. When we're in rebellion to God, fear of judgment is present. But most people will not admit it or address it without the Holy Spirit moving in their lives and bringing conviction upon them. Until the person starts submitting to the Holy Spirit, they will use a variety of ways to try and deal with the fear of judgment, such as avoidance or trying to hide it. We avoid God and the people of God. Think about Adam and Eve for a moment. Right after they sinned, they were filled with fear. When God came to walk with them in the cool of the day, they ran and hid. What about the times when we really blow it? Do we run to God or do we avoid him? Anger is another way that we try to deal with this fear of judgment. And Cain is a great example of this. He knew that his offering wasn't acceptable and even after God came to him, He stayed in his rebellion, and then he killed Abel. What did he say about his punishment? Well, Genesis 4.13 records this. Cain said, My punishment is too great to bear. Another little game we play is blaming. It's the blame game. I don't know about you, but I am amazed at how people blame God or someone else anything else. Many times this is an attempt to justify their sin and escape the punishment or get out from under the fear of punishment. The bottom line is this, the root and power of fear is the expectation of punishment or torment. And we will do all kinds of things to escape punishment or the fear of punishment. This truth applies to all kinds of fear, not only the fear of God. So let's look at another one. This is natural fear or apprehension. Sometimes we call it an apprehension. This would include our temperament fears and what we learn to fear, such as touching something hot or being hurt in a relationship. This type of fear restrains us from doing things that we perceive is harmful or things that will cause pain, torment, or punishment. Fear of rejection is an example of this. If we have been hurt by rejection, then we learn to fear rejection and to protect ourselves from anything we perceive will leave us open to further or future rejection. Let me say it another way. Fear is the expectation of harm or torment from further rejection. Our temperaments play a big role in how we perceive rejection, how much we fear it, and what we do to avoid it. Think about how this applies to the fear of failure. We start expecting that we will fail. What about the fear of financial disaster? In those situations, we tend to start expecting financial problems. What about arachnophobia? We start expecting spiders to attack us. You get the idea. Remember, the root and power of fear is the expectation of punishment or torment. It's always there. It's always under the surface as that root cause or root thing that's happening. But on the surface, it can look like a variety of other things. Okay, can I take this just a little deeper? Okay, great. Fear is consuming. Fear is like fire. It will grow and consume everything it can. It will jump from one area to another area. We may start out with a fear of rejection. And before you know it, we're afraid of failure as well. Fear is paralyzing. When we are expecting to fail or to be rejected, we won't step out and do what God has called us to do. When we are expecting rejection, we will pull back to a place of comfort and be tormented with a vision of great things that we can't seem to achieve. Fear can cause extremes. Fear can cause a person to commit suicide rather than face the expected bullies at school. Fear can cause a person to go postal and shoot people. Fear can cause us to do extreme things to get the expected results. Fear can be subtle and hard to recognize. I believe this is one of the worst things about fear. It impacts godly people in ways that are easy to hide. Have you ever hidden your fear behind something that sounds good or even godly? Be honest. I know I have. And it's a tricky thing because we may we may be afraid of something, but then we're afraid to let people know we're afraid. And so we start hiding it and doing these gymnastics to try to avoid the fear. When fear is allowed to reside in our lives, it deprives us from the great things that God has prepared for us. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, and many times we create the thing that we fear by how we are responding to the fear inside of us. There's one more kind of fear I would like to mention, a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear is just that. It's a spirit that seeks to come on us and explode fear within us. When a spirit of fear is present, you will see a supernatural driving force behind a person's fear. Most of the time, this type of fear will require deliverance. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the web version says this, For God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Some versions say a sound mind. The spirit of fear is a huge topic, so we're going to leave that for another podcast when we can deal with it by itself and get a little more in-depth. So what do we do about fear? Well, I'm glad you asked because I want to leave you with three steps to overcome fear. Let's start by listening to 2 Corinthians 7, 2-5. through The web version puts it this way. Open your hearts to us. We wronged no one. We corrupted no one. We took advantage of no one. I say this not to condemn you, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort, I overflow with joy in all our afflictions. For even when we had come to Macedonia, our flesh had no relief, but we were afflicted on every side. Fights were on the outside, fear was inside. Step one to overcoming fear is to be honest enough to recognize the fear we see in this passage that Paul was recognizing the fear. There's fightings were on the outside, the difficulties, the challenges that they faced, but fear was on the inside. None of us are immune to fear. And if we don't recognize what's happening, then we'll continue to live out our expectations as kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy and the thing that we fear will come upon us. So it's important to recognize the fear for what it is. Step two, we must be willing to risk and even endure hard things. Now, there's no doubt that we will go through some hard stuff. We must be willing to see past the hardships, sacrifices, and sufferings. Paul looked past the things he faced to the eternal things to come. Why? Because the love of God compelled him. When we look beyond the difficulties, we find love, joy, and peace. We find a hope for future. And that is important. Step three, deepen your relationship with God and with people who love and support you. Remember what 1 John 4.18 says. It says, perfect love casts out fear. So the closer we get to God, the more of his love, the perfect love, agape love that we have in us, the more it will drive out any fear that tries to come on us. The truth is we must become more secure in God's love and acceptance of us. We also must love each other and find ways to support and encourage each other rather than judge or condemn or be negative towards other people it's important that we we do all three of these steps that we recognize fear that we're willing to risk and even endure hard things looking beyond those hard things to the eternal things to find love joy and peace and then to deepen our relationship with God and with people who love and support us Okay, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining, and I will catch you next time. God bless.